I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You are now listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. G'day legends, welcome back to the Sunday session brought to you by Molten Fantasy Sports and proudly sponsored by Snap Fitness in Bendigo and Epsom and the Standard Squeeze. I'm your host, Supercoach Brain, and you can find me on Twitter at Brain underscore FS. Make sure to also follow us at Molten FS on Twitter as well. Got a lot to talk about. What a week of footy, honestly. Um, that was probably one of the better weekends of footy that I've watched in a very long time. How, how good was today? Like the both of the games we had today, we had one that nearly went to golden point, one that did go to golden point, finished in a drop goal. Um, and then obviously the Manly game probably should have gone, uh, well, it did go to golden point, went all the way to the end. We didn't get a result. So potentially three golden point games in a weekend, which is incredible. So incredible viewing, really good viewing, uh, obviously as a super coach, uh, aficionado, I guess you could call yourself. Um, it was it was pretty good for scoring as well, considering a lot of our players got some extra time on the field. So happy days. On today's show, uh, we'll talk through my pre-update score. So I've got 1,310 I'm sitting on right now, which is a pretty good week. Um, obviously, everybody would be aware that I didn't go with Nico Hines. So pretty happy, pretty happy with that, considering he was on, I think, what, 78 at halftime and finished on 85. So that old seven-point second half did me a very big solid to, to keep me in the game this week. So we'll talk about my score. We'll talk about all late games as well, all the booms, all the busts, everything to talk about from a super coach perspective this weekend. Um, we'll talk about my trade thoughts. I've got a fair bit going on at the moment um, regarding how my team looks and what my plans are. Cause I've got a bit of a two or three week uh, trade plan. So I'll talk you through that and what that looks like. And then uh, if you have any questions or you want to have a brag, pop them in the comments, you know, brag away. If you had a really good week, I think I've seen already a couple of monster scores coming in from the super coach community. We're loving it. Love those big scores. 1340. I think I saw from Melissa. Um, there's some, there's some big scores floating around. I wouldn't be surprised to see a 1500 plus this week based on what we saw this weekend. Um, so drop your comments throughout the show. If you have any questions, I'll answer them at the end or all throughout as we go, if it's relevant to the content that we're up to. Uh, 1309 BKP, good week. Melissa, 1340. That's a monster. 
13.02 from Raymond Crane. That's a great week. 13.08, James Gowing. 13.15 from Craig Taliano. 13.71 from Sam B. Nice. That's a solid week, mate. Very good. Um, some some big scores coming in. So well done, everybody. Really good weekend of, of Supercoach. So plenty to talk about, though, leading into the next week or two as well because anybody who went um, for Nico Hines this week is going to have 902K sitting on their bench. So uh, next week is going to be a very important week for those of you that faded Nico to try and take advantage of the fact that a lot of people have some money tied up on their bench they can't use next week. Some big scores. Graham Gale, 1376. Sai. 1393. That's the biggest one I've seen so far. Um, keep them coming in, guys. Brag away. Um, obviously, as we move into the show, guys, please click subscribe if you haven't already. Obviously, it just makes it easier for us to reach everybody if you subscribe to the channel. Like the content if you obviously think it's beneficial. Um, give us a follow if you're listening on audio platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, wherever it is that you get your audio podcasts. And if you want to go the extra mile, you're really a fan of the content, please leave us a review and uh, tell a mate about the pod. Matty O'Brien will be back uh, probably about a week from now. I think he said he's going to jump on the Monday wrap-up next week. So very exciting. You don't have to listen to me chat away for the next uh, you know, foreseeable future. He'll be back. Uh, within about eight days. So you get the conversation back. And obviously, guys, um, lastly, the unlimited group. Uh, so when we jump into the next screen, which I'll do now for you, just because obviously I wanted something for you to be able to reference. Um, as you can see, you'll be able to see on the screen. There we go. The group code 451840. Now, please, I need to let you know that we are closing this off tomorrow. Tomorrow is the last day that you can jump in our unlimited group. You can go in the running to win a super coach ring at the end of the season. I think I've got it here. So for anybody who's watching us on YouTube, you can see we've got the super coach ring here. Uh, so you win that if you take out the unlimited group and you also get an episode with us on the pod at the end of the season. So um, plenty to win, plenty to go up for grabs. So make sure to jump into our group code four, five, one, eight, four, zero last chance. We'll close it off tomorrow and uh, got to get in quick. So, uh, yeah, like I mentioned, 13-10, not a bad week for me. I'm all right with that. Um, it was a bit tricky with the games finishing so late this week that I, I struggled to get all the content together because this game went to Golden Point. So bear with me for the last game of the content. I'm not quite sure whether my scores are super accurate or not, but I think they're pretty close. But, guys, before you do, pour yourself a drink. We've had a, we've had a bloody big weekend, so I've got my standard squeeze right here. And uh, all you have to do is just tip that straight in. And uh, I'll basically tip it into my Coke can because I've already got half a, a can of Coke there and then we're good to go. So don't even have to worry about it. Already got it in my four in one from the standard squeeze as well. Keeps my can nice and cold. So grab one of them if you want uh, at the standard squeeze.com. Use the code Molten15 if you want 15% off. Let's, let's, let's get stuck into this. This is why you're here. All right. So first game, let's dig in. Roosters 28 beat the Eels. 20. Um, I guess there's a few talking points in this one. For the notable scores to kickstart things, Daniel Tupo had a 94, Jackson Bolo a 87. Anybody who went Jackson Bolo, he's an ultra pod. He's going to go up about 100K this week. Um, his last three scores are 91, 101, and an 87. So he's he's had a great three weeks. Um, so definitely worth having a look at him. I mean, you probably missed the boat now. He's going to be like 620, 630K. So I don't know whether you jump on Jackson Bolo this week 
he's probably gone now, but for anybody who did, you're, you're in a pretty good spot. Joseph Sawali got 86. He obviously moved to fullback when James Tedesco got that head knock and, and was out for the rest of the game. So disappointing for him. Uh, but great for Joseph Sawali. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who plays fullback next week for the Roosters, whether that's um, Sawali or Joey Manu. So keep an eye on team list on Tuesday. Uh, we'll wrap all that for you as well. Sammy Walker, 82. He looked quality. He looked really good this week. Um, took control of the side as we expected. So did Luke Keery. He was quite good too. I think Luke Keery got a 71. Um, other notable scores, Lindsay Collins with a 72 and Clint Gutherson with a 71. So... Some pretty good scoring in this one. Um, as you can see on the screen here, if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook, you can see that the Roosters outscored the Parramatta Eels by probably about 300 or sorry, 250 super coach points. So definitely went the way of the Roosters on Thursday night in the first game of the week. Um, some busts. So those were the booms. Some busts. And unfortunately, Brendan Hands and Josh Hodgson, the hooker pairing at Parramatta Eels, didn't really get going this game. Uh, just found it really, really hard up the middle to try and get any momentum whatsoever. So Brendan Hand, 16, Hodgson, 19. I think, honestly, we we warned everybody about Josh Hodgson and he started the season pretty well. The first two or three games, he might have made you a, a little bit of cash, but I think he's gone 25 and 19 his last two games. And it's clear that they're liking Brendan Hands coming off the bench. So I don't see Josh Hodgson getting any relevant minutes moving forward. So I, if you're on him, even if it's in draft or whatever, I'd probably be bailing on him if you can find a decent hooker option um, next week. Like I mentioned, James Tedesco with a 22, unfortunately, he uh, ducked into another high shot, which it seems to be his trademark. I think he's gone and got that copy written um, recently on Tedesco. And unfortunately, he's uh, he's going to miss, he's going to have an 11 day stand down. Uh, as per the Category 1 HIA symptoms. So unfortunate for Teddy and Teddy owners, but I honestly think that with that 22 in his rolling average now, he just hasn't really come good this year. I'd be moving him on this this uh, this week if you haven't already. If you're holding Teddy, I think nearly 20% still own Teddy. I'd be moving him on this week if, uh, if you still have him. Mitchie Moses, 34. You know you're going to get rocks or diamonds from Mitch Moses. Uh, games where the... He'll score 30 plus. He'll probably be 60 plus in Supercoach, but uh, it's very easy for Mitch Moses just because he just does not have the base to to fall below that 40 mark more often than not. So I don't think Moses is a look this year. Um, for anybody who was holding Bryce Cartwright as well, unfortunate for Bryce Cartwright, but he, he's got a 36. He'll still make a little bit of cash this week, but with that 36 in the rolling average, it'll make it really tough for him to um, continue to make some cash. And we need to also remember that... Uh, the Cardi Party and Matty Dory, mind you, are both coming to an end when it comes to cash generation because we've got Sean Lane coming back next week. There's a higher likelihood that Bryce Cartwright moves back to the bench. Sean Lane comes in on the left edge. Madison plays right edge and rotates through the middle with Hopgood. And uh, Matty Dory and Cartwright probably play a little bit of some bench minutes here and there. Um, so a bit disappointing for those guys. But again, from a super coach perspective, I think you and from an NRL perspective, it's very, very clear that the Parramatta Reels are coming up near full strength now with Sean Lane back with Madison on the field with Hopgood at lock. Uh, it doesn't make sense to mess that up. Madison's been a beast as well. He got 62, which doesn't quite make the booms. I always make booms 70 plus, but still, uh, you know, 62. He is 690K though, so I think he probably will drop a little bit of cash. Um, but he's a guy that you want to keep an eye on very closely because when he bottoms out in price, he could be a very, very good option through the buyers if he doesn't get selected for origin. So worth keeping an eye on there. Dylan Brown as well. He's, he looks like he's going to lose about 40K this week. He finished with a 50 
So anybody who went to Dylan Brown last week, I know a lot of people went Dewey to Brown. I think they end up maybe about 15 points ahead. So not exactly the 170 extra K that you ended up paying, I think it was, to to get Dylan Brown worth when you're looking at his points. But Dylan Brown will be a very popular trading option this week, knowing that the Parramatta Eels play the West Tigers, who are horrendous. So could be a very nice matchup. I'll put Jermaine Hopgood in the busts with a 47. Now, normally I wouldn't put a, a score in the 47 in the bust section, but I think there he needs to be someone we need to watch because it's very clear now that uh, Ryan Madison rotating through the middle, playing through the middle at lock. Um, they took Hopgood off. I think he played 63 minutes on the weekend. So again, that's not bad by any means, but uh, it looks like Ryan Madison is the favoured 80-minute forward uh, when it comes to Hopgood and Madison. So... Uh, I'd say you probably expect 60, 55 to 65 minutes from Hopgood more often than not, and you're probably going to see the 80 minutes or the 75 minutes from Madison. Um, so if you're asking me to pick between the two, I'd definitely be taking Madison. It's just a shame that there's about 150K gap between the two. But if you have Hopgood, I'd probably be watching very, very closely over the next week uh, about what that looks like. I'd say people have more problems than Hopgood in their side right now, but I think that Hopgood is probably coming to an end or coming to a peak when it comes to his price. So coaches are going to need to make a decision on whether they hold that or whether they move him on. Uh, And there are some pretty good options in the 2RF this week that we'll talk about very soon. So next game, Raiders versus Penrith. Penrith absolutely pulled the Raiders' pants down, pulled the uh, Milk's pants down 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 in Canberra as well, which is really surprising. Um, 53 to 12. And I think everybody was fading the Panthers somewhat. I think the concern was that they just didn't look themselves. Viliami kick out, no Api Corusau. So, you know, we're, we're kind of past that point now. I think they've got through that adjustment period where they did see what Lugana could do in, in replacing Viliami kick out. But I don't, I don't think now they're, they're stuck anymore. It felt like they were probably just trying to force something that wasn't there. So they've had that first three weeks to kind of get the growing pains out of the way. And they've had a buy as well. So they're coming in fresh. They've they've had a, a week off in that first month. So they've come out and they've shown the Raiders what they're about. And Isaac Tungo with 142 had an absolute monster game, didn't he? Rugby League Guru is going to be absolutely cheering about Tungo getting that 142 because he, he's been uh, sprucing him all, all off season for good reason. Uh, Nathan Cleary, 124, was a very popular captain's option this week. I had the VC on him and I'm pretty happy with it. I did loop Nathan Cleary for 248. So I'm pretty happy with that considering the guys I was looking at captaining being Tommy Turbo 106 and Nico Hines 85. I feel like I got ahead there considering my automatic emergency was Davey Moali with a 29. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. I'm pretty happy with my captain's choice. It's actually the first one that I've got right all year. So I can't complain. Can't complain. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, but I did say, and I, I trusted my gut. I said on Tuesday when we did the team's pod, and I also said on Thursday during the pre-drinks, uh, Nathan Cleary was going to go big this week. I just had a feeling about it, my gut. So very happy with Nathan Cleary, 124. And honestly, I wouldn't have VC'd Nathan Cleary if I brought in Nico Hines, which was the plan on Tuesday. So uh, I'm, I'm happy I went with my gut because I think I ended up a few points ahead. Zach Hosking as well is worth talking about here. He's got himself an 80 with a try, another try. So that's two tries in two weeks. And uh, I will predict right now that Zach Hosking will be the most traded in player this week. 
him and Greg Marju will be the two most traded in players this week. And look, for good reason. I mean, Zach Hosking's going to, I think, a 90 and an 80, whatever it was. And so he's going to make some really good cash. I think he's 480K. So it's it's a little bit of an awkward price. But for those of you that have the nuts in you, you could go hop good down to Zach Hosking. You could go, uh, I mean, you, for those of you that held Maddie Dory, you could go, if you had the cash, you could go Dory up to Hosking. The gap isn't that big when we're talking about mid-range two RFs to be able to get Hosking in your team through a, a variety of different methods. So um, I'm all for that, for sure. Uh, Scotty Sorensen and Jerome Luai both got 77. They're not overly super coach relevant, so we can move past them. Uh, Harley Smith Shields, 14 as a bust. Mitch Kenny, 19. I mean, Sonny Luke didn't play this week uh, due to that 11-day stand down for his HIA. So, I mean, Mitch Kenny obviously just really couldn't get in a rhythm and just looked pretty ordinary. So, 19 for him. James Fisher-Harris looks like he's going to be out for a while, about four weeks, I think, with an MCL. So, uh, he finished with 19. So, we're going to see what that... It'll be very interesting to see what the front row forward rotation looks like for the Penrith Panthers. I would assume Spencer Lenu probably comes in to the uh, to starting prop. Um, so it shouldn't really affect the makeup of the side too much. I don't think we'll see too much shuffling. But in saying that, we need to have a look at what Penrith do when Liam Martin, who's due back next week, uh, where he slots back in and where Luke Garner slots back in, considering he only had a niggle. So, oh, well, that's what they say anyway, a niggle. Uh, so I don't, I don't know whether I believe it or not. Um, but what do they do with Hosking? Do they keep Hosking on the right edge? Do they move Liam Martin to the left? Do they move Liam Martin into the middle? Do they just play Liam Martin at prop? Uh, I mean, Liam Martin can play in the middle. He's done it at State of Origin. So there's no concerns where Liam Martin, he can play anywhere. Um, I would honestly be very surprised if they move Hosking off the right edge, considering the connection that he's had with Nathan Cleary over the last fortnight. So uh, I would say Luke Gardner probably starts off the bench and maybe Liam Martin starts on the left edge, but we'll find out a lot more on on Tuesday about what that looks like. Corey Horsburgh, 24, Tom Starling, 28, with the other two busts in terms of notable mentions for super coach purposes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's nice to see the Penrith Panthers playing some good footy and and I was not overly surprised that they did. Uh, BKP went early on Hosking. You'd be bloody stoked if you did. Well played. That's, uh, that's a really good grab for sure. Better have a drink. South first storm next one so this was the last friday night game um 18 10 storm one against the rabbitos joshy king finished with a 95 um i think he made 50 odd tackles from memory 52 tackles in 67 minutes that's a serious effort and then we've got cam murray who scored 88 i know a lot of people uh based off my advice as well might i add i'm definitely not shy uh, I'm not shying away from giving out the wrong kind of advice or being incorrect from time to time, but Cam Murray proving to sellers this week in Supercoach that they shouldn't have sold and they should have held, knowing that you've got the pedigree of Cam Murray in your team. you just got to trust that he's going to come good, and he did this weekend with 88. Harry Grant, 81. A lot of people went from Harry Grant up to Nico Hines through Jules, which made no sense to me whatsoever. So you'd be pretty upset if you did that considering – you probably had to fork out an extra 100K or whatever it was, was the difference. Um, so Harry Grant with an 81, basically showing everybody that he's a hold until Origin comes, and then you make a decision based on what your team makeup looks like. Campbell Graham with an 80 as well. He just continues to bash out base stats, and he's a really good pod center wing option. I'm not actually quite sure on what his price is, but 
you could go much worse with Campbell Graham. Uh, in saying that, I think there's probably a good chance he might play. I mean, it's it's tough to get into this origin side when you've got Latrell and Turbo playing at centre. But honestly, like if we see a different makeup from this team or Brad Fitlow wants to try and save his job and make some changes, Campbell Graham is the perfect fit. Um, he's at 657K in Supercoach right now. I'd say he will go up based on this weekend, 66. Um, so he'll only go up 10K. So that's not not a big concern. Um, but I, I'd probably say center wing looks pretty set this year and we've still got a lot of fat cash cows that are still making some money. So I don't know whether that's an option this week, but definitely someone to keep an eye on. Cody Walker, 76. Um, not overly relevant right now, but if you're looking for a pod in the 5'8 position, that's the 5'8, let's be honest, 5'8's been a bin this year. It's been awful. Uh, it's been really tough to find a good option there. Even deal bags over the last two weeks has been really kind of struggling to get his groove with a 40 and a 50. Um, Cam Munster continues to do his thing, but he's super expensive. Uh, so he'll drop some cash this week. So if you wanted to go a pot option, the South's draw, I'm pretty sure it starts to open up in the next few weeks. So Cody Walker, you could definitely find worse options with Cody Walker. The busts, Davey Moali with a 29. I mean, look, it's I wouldn't really call Davey Moali a bust, but in saying that, I think you want more from a, a guy in your super coach team to get 29s. He's basically broken even with a 31 break even this week. So he won't lose much cash, but he's not really going to gain you anything. Um, he needs a big breakout 50-point game if he's going to start making some coin again. Uh, anybody who went Jonah Pezzett for that one-week cash grab, you'll probably still make about 90K, but bloody hell, you'd be pretty disappointed with the 31, wouldn't you? Like you're looking for that 50, 60, 70 kind of game from Pezzett, and it's just unfortunate for, for people that went for that one-week cash grab, and that's just called burning a trade. And and hopefully people learn from this is when you're chasing that really big negative break even and you go, yep, I want to bank this 100, 120, 130K or whatever that looks like. And then he goes and gets you with 31. I'd say most people played Pezzet this week too, considering um, they might have been kind of stuck with uh, David Fafida, Khan Pereira, Tanner Boyd. So your bench was looking quite thin. Maybe people played Pezzet. Um if you didn't, that's fine. But if you did, I mean, you still burnt a trade. So disappointing. Remus Smith, every single week I bring this bloke up because he's trash. Um, not a fan of Remus Smith. 36, again, does nothing. Um, I don't remember the last time he actually did anything. Lachlan Ilias, 31. If anybody's still got him in their team, I'd probably be trying to move him ASAP. I think everybody jumped on for that big negative break, even after his first two games, and he's done nothing since. Eli Katoa, people have been getting in Eli Katoa, and he's been absolutely going gangbusters the last few weeks. This is the first kind of bad score, I guess we could call, uh, that Eli Katoa's got. Uh, you'd be a little bit disappointed if you brought him in this week chasing those 70-plus scores that he's been bashing out, but a bit disappointing that Eli Katoa, only 45 this week. Um, some other honourable mentions, I guess. Uh, Christian Welch. Upgrades were very kind to Christian Welch. He ended up finishing on a 55, as you can see on the screen here, if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook. I have Christian Welch in my team, as everybody would be able to see. Um, I think he was on 47 before update, so he ended up going up to 55, and he only played 46 minutes. I'd say people are going to start selling him now. People will start looking at that going, I want more from my front row forward that's 460K or whatever he is. I'm not overly concerned. I'm not overly concerned. I mean, he is a good downgrade option if you find a really good front row forward um, that you can downgrade and free up cash if you're going to go to Nico in round seven or you want to get Dewey to deal bags or you want to upgrade another position somewhere. I understand why you would go Welch. Just remember that Welch is the captain of the storm. 
Um, I think his minutes are going to start to work up. He's played, I think, 33 and 46 in the last two games. So his minutes seem down and he's still bashing out 1.2 PPM in most of those games as well, aside from that 25 that he got a couple of weeks ago in the heat. So I I mean, look, if you don't have any other problems in your squad, sure, I understand the downgrade. But if you do, I'd probably hold Welch for another week because you can take 55 from a 450K guy in your front row forward, and which is a pretty bloody piss-poor position. Payne Haas seems to be leading the pack at front row forward, and then, I mean, Tarpany and Tino and guys like that are a, a fair way behind him. So I think, yeah, I think you've probably got bigger problems, but if you don't, you're in a pretty good spot. Um, lastly, William Warbrick gets his 58, so he continues his cash generation. I think he had a negative break-even this week, and he's going to have a negative break-even again next week after he got his 80-odd last week. And then he's 50-odd this week at 280K. So he's in a really good spot to make you some good cash. I'd be very surprised. He's at 280K right now with a minus 18 break even. So I would say that he will make probably about 60K this week. So he'll go up to about 340, 350 mark. And then you'll probably even see a bigger negative break even next week uh, because he has that 14 comes out of his rolling. Oh, no, it doesn't. It stays in his rolling average. Um, but I would say you'll still see a negative break even this week and uh, he'll probably end up in the 400s in the fortnight. So if you held him, congrats. If you didn't, you're a sucker because you never, ever sell a basement price 200K cheapy that has that kind of upside. Um, guys, like I mentioned at the start, we're very lucky to be able to bring you the show and we are sponsored by some um, fantastic people and, and we'll throw over very quickly to our Snap Fitness guys. Are you looking to make good on that New Year's resolution? Finding it hard to get into the gym due to not having anyone to look after the kids? Head on in and see Mark, Emma and the team at Snap Fitness Bendigo and Epsom for all your fitness needs. Both Epsom and Bendigo locations offer free child mining, which gives you the chance to head on in, get a workout done without worrying about the kids. All staff have working with children's checks and are super helpful with whatever your children need. Snap Fitness also offers a wide variety of classes such as strength and reformer Pilates, Tabata, strength classes, as well as one-on-one PT sessions. So head on in and say good day to the guys at either gym and tell them the Molten Boys sent you. Yeah, uh, 100%. I think any any kind of uh, gym that has child mining facilities is, is top shelf. Uh, I've been a personal trainer f- for anybody who watches this show. I've been a PT by trade for the last 12 years. And uh, it's it's very rare for, for gyms to invest in creches. So Go and hit the guys up if you're in uh, country Victoria or out in Bendigo or Epsom and uh, tell them we sent you. Let's move on to the next game. We've got Manly versus the Knights. Jesus, what a what a game this was. Um, I don't remember. the. I think the last draw that we've had in the NRL was in 2020, so nearly three years ago now. Um, 32 all, the score finished between the Sea Eagles and the Knights. Went the full 90 minutes. Uh, I mean, scores are all inflated here, I think, by Golden Point. And I was death riding the living shit out of Tommy Turbo this game because obviously I looped, I was going to captain Turbo and I looped Nathan Cleary. So I'm thinking, okay, if Turbo fails here and he goes kind of sub 90 or something or sub 100, I win. I'm ahead on the loop. So I was death riding the shit out of him. Um, he finished on 106. 106. I, I can deal with that because based on the calculator, the loop calculator, there's a few out there. SC Playbook do a really good one. So, uh, I, I came out six points ahead on the loop based on the fact that I had to drop Jackson Ford and I ended up just dropping Jackson Ford and then bringing in Schuster to free up some cash for this week's trades. And then uh, I also ended up playing 
Stefano Watuikamanu from the West Tigers, who ended up with a 40-odd, 41 or 43 or something like that. Um, but Jackson Ford only ended up getting a 42, so I ended up ahead. So uh, happy days. Another massive monster score, Dominic Young, 148 with four tries. What a beast. Um, he's come back straight into this team and basically said, don't you drop me ever again. Um, I understand why they dropped him because the bloke's a defensive liability. It's very clear. Um, but what he can bring on offense just far outweighs the defensive deficiencies I think that he has. So the Knights are going to score some big points with Greg Marju and Dom Young this year if they can keep that up. Speaking of Greg Marju, 102. So that's the second game that he's got 100 plus. This year, I would argue that him and Hosking will be the two most traded in players next week. I'm really not sure which one because center wings are stacked at the moment. Everybody's center wing. They've got Val Holmes. They've got uh, Jacob Karaz. Uh, they've got Ruben Garrick. They've got uh, then you've got the cheapies. You've got Taruva. You've got Alamotti, Khan Pereira, William Warbrick. So a lot of the time, the center wing is actually very similar across most of the teams, considering that. You've got four blokes that are still making really good cash and three premium options already in inside. So it might be hard to find some find a spot for him unless you go and Val Holmes down to Greg Marju. I don't know whether you can justify going sideways in a trade like that, considering we know that Greg Marju, yes, he will score well, but there will be some games where he doesn't, and his price is going to come back down eventually. So um, yeah, Greg Marju, though, great option. Jackson Hastings, 97 he had in this game. He the perfect floor general. Um, for this game, I think he just worked the side around really well. Uh, Lockie Miller, 95. For anybody, I know a lot of people started with him in the center wing, Lockie Miller, and he has not disappointed at all. Uh, from memory, I think it is Lockie Miller. The last three games has gone 98, 103, and 95. So you'd be pl- pretty bloody stoked with that for sure. And then we've got Ruben Garrick for, with an 81. I brought in Ruben Garrick this week, so I'm pretty happy with an 81 considering my decision was whether I get Garrick or Hines. There's four points difference in that. We'll see what Hines updates to. I'm not quite sure what he updates to, but pretty bloody stoked with that, to be honest. Um, for I think it ended up being 160k cheaper as well. So basically I'm paying for it. For anybody who went Hines this week over Garrick, you're paying four points uh, 160k, 40 grand a point to for for Nico, which is, and now you've got to cop the buy too. So pretty rough. Busts in this game. Jack Hetherington with a 13. I don't know whether anybody still has him, but if you do, you yeah, you're in a bit of drama with automatic emergencies. Benny Turbo, 13. Phoenix Crossland, still probably one of the worst players in the NRL with 21. He stinks. Um, some other talking points. Actually, I probably nearly covered it all. I mean, if you bought Garrick this week, you'd be happy. Marzu's going to be popular next week. You're not probably picking up Dom Young. I mean, 148, that's all well and good. But I think from memory, after the game before this, he ended up with piss all. So not not really sure whether you're going to go with Dom Young. Um, but I mean, he's going to have that 148 and he's rolling average for another couple of weeks. So uh, I'm just a little bit unsure on job security, considering he's leaving to the Roosters next, next year. Yeah, a bit too much risk there for me. I'd rather Marju every day of the week, considering I think he's got like 50 points in tackle breaks in the last two weeks. So you can't you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with Greg Marju. Uh, James Gowing said, Hamiso Tabuifido could be a sell. I, I completely agree. I sold him to Garrick this week, and I'm pretty happy about that, considering, I mean, he got bailed out by another last-minute try again for the fourth time, I think, this year. Um he made 150k for me and I turned him into Garrick. So that's exactly what his intention was to be in my team. 
I would say he's a sell this week for sure because his break even will probably be up in the 60s. Uh, and yeah, Camparera might not be named. We need to see what the Titans team list looks like with Ken Mamalo. I think he played uh, Queensland Cup this weekend in his comeback. So that'll be very interesting. But God, you can't, how can you drop Camparera? You can't uh, unless unless Justin Holbrook wants to lose his job. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe he's just sick of the place and he just wants to get out of there. Um, maybe he'll boot AKP. Who knows? Hopefully not for, for super coach purposes. Moving on to the next game. We've got the Dragons and the Dolphins. Uh, the Dragons obviously toweled up the Dolphins 38 to 12. So the old, I don't know, am I allowed to call them the Redcliffe Dolphins? I don't think I am. The Dolphins, the Dolphins, uh, they got toweled up and they had their first loss this year. So, uh, and look, this was bound to happen. I mean, there's going to be a regression. There's going to be some sort of regression in performance. They can't continue to perform like this. And now we, we're seeing the injuries. Milford's done a hamstring. Um which is leaving their halves very, very thin. Isaiah Katoa is pretty much the only half that can guide this team around the park. So there are some big, big depth issues at the Dolphins, and we can probably see even more regression. So if you're thinking of selling a Dolphin asset, uh, I mean, Jermaine Asako, 108, he he did well again. I think he's probably the guy, that, he's the pod cheapie that got away. He's not the guy that many people started with, but if you did, you'd be absolutely taking all of that cash to the bank because he just continues to deliver week in, week out. Um, but I would, I'd be very concerned about any of my Dolphins players moving forward, considering they've got one of their starting halves out of the three or four that they would have started with, and I don't even know who's going to line up at five eight next week. It, it could be, it could be grim. So, yeah, a few concerns there for sure. Um, Tyrell Sloan owners were saved with a 67, I think he finished on. So, I mean, you'd be stoked with a 67 considering, I think, what's he cost? Like 350, three, no, not even, 330, something like that, um, with his 14 last week. So that 14 is going to be in the rolling average for a couple more weeks. So anybody who went Sloan for a bit of a cash grab, you were rewarded with some points this week. So good on you for sticking to it. The one, the one big talking point, Benny murdoch Masilla actually did something this week. He got 51. So he, will he be the saviour for our front row forward woes? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. A lot of people started with him and probably just left him there because he was he wasn't making any money, he wasn't losing any money, he's probably bigger problems in people's lineups, people's teams. So yeah, I, I mean Murdoch Masilla could be the guy that I downgrade either Stefano or Welch to to free up some cash for Nico in round seven. That could be the play. Um, but 
I mean, there's not really any other downgrade front row forward options. I'm a little bit worried about how I play that. Um, but front row forward seems to be the position to fade this year. So I am all for hoping that Ben Murdoch Masilla actually continues to get 30 to 40 plus and just isn't an automatic emergency nightmare for me. That would be fantastic. Uh, already mentioned Milford out with a hamstring, so it'll be interesting to see what happens on Tuesday when they name their squad for round six. Um who comes into the 5'8 position, but this is really, really good news for Katoa owners because if you are a Katoa owner, he will probably end up just naturally progressing due to the fact that he's the only bloke that can do anything on this team from a playmaking perspective. Uh, either the Dolphins become fucking awful, which which is a good chance they do, um, or they actually hold their own and they go, okay, it'll be on the back of Katoa. So... Uh, he's a guy you want to hold for now, and just uh, I think he ended up with forty this this game, didn't he? Forty exactly. So you you wouldn't be upset with a guy that cost you that uh, in the two hundreds, getting you a forty for the week. So uh, like I mentioned, Hamiso Tabuifado again bailed out. He got a try and got forty three. So I mean that that's your reason to sell this week. I think that we've seen that his floor is quite low in the twenties or thirties at worst. Um, sorry, at best. So if you got Hammer. You've got to upgrade him or you've got to downgrade him to a cheapie. I don't know how many cheapie options there are, though, unfortunately. You probably have to upgrade Hammer to a guy like Garrick or even you could go up to Marju. I would honestly say that Hamiso Tabuifado to Marju this week will be the most popular trade uh, of the week for round six. And lastly, Connolly Lemuelu got another 53. I, th- I still think this guy's a really, really good option. I'm actually not sure on his price. I didn't write the price down in my notes. Um, but he has been really solid. And the fact that you can get him in center wing and he will have dual from next week, so he will get the 2RF dual. It's been confirmed by Supercoach HQ. Uh, that is a really nice option to have. He's 374K. He will be probably 430, maybe 420K next week. Um, I still think that's probably a nice option if you're looking to downgrade someone or free up some cash. So. Lemuelu looks like he's pretty much sorted in this side and you can probably hold him knowing that. I mean, realistically, when the, everybody's a little bit concerned about Felice Cafusi coming into this side. If Felice Cafusi comes back in, he comes back in on that right edge. That, that's a no-brainer. But what they could do is they could keep Lemuelu on the left edge and then they could play Kenny Bromwich through the middle of the bench. That, and they've done that this year already. So I, I could probably see that going that direction again. So keep an eye on that for Tuesday. Next one, we've got the Broncos versus my Tigers. Bloody hell! Oh, what a game! Um, lucky I've got a lucky I've got Reese Walsh in my team. He just continues to just rack up scores, doesn't he? Reese Walsh finished with a ninety-five. For some reason, he got upgraded to one hundred and three, and then ended up coming back down to ninety-five through updates today. Which oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, Wilfred, who has won Super Coach in the past, is on top of that kind of stuff, and he he mentioned that. Uh, they outsource the scoring super coach, uh, super coach outsource the scoring to I think Fox Sports or Fox Labs or something like that. Um, so that's why there's a little bit of inconsistency with the scoring on the NRL app versus the scoring on the Super Coach app. So that's worth keeping in mind. Um, but all the updates come through today. Reese Walsh finishes on a 95, and Payne Haas also finished on a 95. I had a bit of a toss up this uh, this previous week on whether I go with Tarpany or whether I go with Haas, and I chose Tarpany, and I hate myself. So Haas, yes, you're paying an extra 50, 60K from Tarpany, but it's worth 30 points. And what we're looking at right now is that Payne Haas continues to deliver. I think he only played 50-odd minutes and got 95 95 points. So 
uh, yeah, the premium front row forward option if you can get him. My thought process behind getting Tarpany instead of Payne Haas was origin. The fact that Tarpany and the Raiders play round 13 uh, and obviously Haas is going to miss the three major buy rounds and the lead up rounds because of origin. So uh, yeah, don't mind it. But unfortunately, 30 points ahead, Haas quality. Uh, I put Jordan Ricky 789 on here on my sheet. Good for me. A little bit of a typo. Uh, Jordan Ricky only uh, 78. I think it is. Yeah, 79 he got. Um, so he had a good game. Not quite 789. What a beast. Um, but no, he he scored two tries with his 79. Um, and, and going up against Luke Brooks's edge on that left edge defense is just disgusting. Um, another reason why we should be seeing Luke Brooks out of this team for the Tigers. I'll continue to talk about it until it happens. I don't know how much longer the Tigers can continue to keep him in this team without there being an absolute riot at the next home game. So um, I think the one positive that the Tigers can take from this, well, I mean, from a super coach perspective, not many people would own Isaiah Papali, but the fact that he's still scoring 70 in a really poorly big beaten team is, is positive for IPAP. So I think his price is going to continue to come down. And we know that the Tigers, yeah, they're not going to win many games this year. They're going to be pretty ordinary. But I think at worst case, I mean, IPAP could be a really good option if you're looking for someone that's a bit of a pod that you know you're probably going to get 65 to 75 from each week regardless. And then add in the attacking stats. If Luke Brooks gets dropped, Isaiah Papali will be the first person that comes into my team knowing that anybody could be an improvement. Um. Yeah, Hamo, I oh know. Matty's on holidays, mate. He's on holidays. He, he didn't even offer to take me with him either. No no offer for his co-host. Um, so pretty pretty stiff, I think, from from him. But he'll be back Monday next week. So he's he'll be back on the Monday wrap-up from the Easter long weekend. How good we've got an Easter long weekend as well. We've got a four-day weekend and two four-day working weeks coming up. Happy days. Uh, I won't sack him. I need him, mate, for comedic value. Otherwise... I mean, you got to listen to me just fucking talk about Supercoach the whole time. It's not really super exciting. Um, so we'll bring him back. I won't sack him. He, he can stay. Um, other talk uh, talk points for this game, Adam Reynolds, 76, for anybody who went with a bit of a pot option in the halfback position. Um, I'd say you're probably looking to move him on for Nico Hines now anyway, if you haven't already. Um, so that's worth looking or worth thinking about as well. But no one really else notable in this game. Uh, the busts, Appy Corusia, only 24 super coach points. I think he only played 48 minutes or something. I don't I don't understand what this rotation is with Tim Sheens. I think he's starting to kind of go a little bit in the dementia route. Uh, not good at all for Corusia. Charlie Staines, 31. John Bateman, 38. Adam Dewey stunk it up with 41. I mean, the fact that he stunk it up and got 41 is fine, but he just looks disinterested. He just looks like he doesn't want to be there. He, I mean, he's not trailing through the middle on any half break. Not that we get many, but he's not trailing through the middle as a fullback normally would. We know Teddy's always around the ruck all the time. So surely you're looking at the best half, the best fullbacks in the game and you're going, okay, these are this is the way that I need to play. Uh, but you don't see Dewey trailing up the middle. You don't see him following either side of the ruck. You don't see him on the inside or the outside of the front rowers when they're taking runs. He just looks disinterested. He doesn't want to be there. So... Um, I really, he's one of the targets and I'll talk about my trades at the end, but he's one of my targets this week of who I want to get out of my team because the Tigers just don't look like they're going to come good anytime soon. 
Selwyn Cobbo, 41 as well, pretty disappointing. And Paddy Carrigan, 49. You definitely want more from your base stat beast kind of lock player. But again, with that many points being scored, 58 points being scored, there's, I think if you do the, what's the math? Six, eight to 48, eight tries minimum in this game. There's a lot of standing under the posts. There's a lot of kick restarts. There's a lot of doing nothing as the clock's ticking down. So Paddy Carrigan's probably, his base stats and, and all of the base stats in this game uh, probably suffered a little bit because of that, all the scoring going on. Um, Ezra Mam again, a little bit disappointing as well. I think, what did he finish with? 40-odd, 41 as well. Um, no, sorry, 47. Yeah, 47. Sorry, this is a, can't actually read this properly. Um, 47 he finished with. Uh, I mean, has he done anything since round two? I'd probably say no. I, I don't. I can't remember him doing anything good. Um, so anybody who kind of chased the cash on Ezra Mam, you'd be you'd be spewing. You'd be pretty disappointed by now if you went with him. Um, otherwise, nothing to talk about for Tigers. The Broncos are looking quality. They're five and zero. I think the last time they finished five and zero was when they won the comp uh, back in nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, something like that. So. Uh, you know, their they're quality, they're, they're really good. I mean, keep in mind, they've had a lot of games at home, tons of games at Suncorp. I don't, I think they leave, Queen, they left Queensland once in the first eight weeks. So uh, definitely worth keeping in mind because when we get to week nine or 10 or whatever, it's worth having a look at what their, their schedule looks like and how many games they're going to be traveling for because that might be a factor as to whether you go and get sick, some of these guys in. Payne Haas will start missing games through Origin. Paddy Carrigan will start missing games through Origin. Reese Walsh, keep in mind, will likely be named in Origin this year uh, with KP out uh, indefinitely. We're not quite sure what's going on with Kalen Ponga, so... Uh, who's first team to knock them off, Hamo? Uh, that's a good question. I haven't checked their draw, but you know what? I'll check it right now because we're live. Why not? Uh, let's have a look at what their next few games are. Bear with me. Um, I, I honestly don't see them losing too many in the next maybe f- couple of three rounds. I mean, so they've got Canberra Raiders. They'll knock them off. They've got the Titans. They'll knock them off. Parramatta. So they're traveling against Parramatta. That could be interesting. Uh, then they've got Souths, Manly, Melbourne, Penrith. So rounds nine to 12 are a really tough run for the Broncos. So if you've got any Broncos assets, it might be worth having a look and, and seeing what uh, how many players you have and, and whether they're worth keeping. Payne Haas is a guy you can probably hold on to, but I'd say their first loss comes to uh, Melbourne round 11. That's that's my guess because they're going to be at Amy Park. They've got to travel down to Melbourne. They've still got four more games at Suncorp in the next six. So, uh, And then also Seabus Stadium. So they stay in the Gold Coast for round seven. So they basically stay in Queensland for one out of their next six games. Uh, so they, yeah, I'd, I'd keep backing them in until they get to Melbourne to Amy Park. I reckon they're going to have a tough time down there. It's pretty tough to travel down to Melbourne. So that wraps up uh, the Tigers and the Broncos. And as I've mentioned, you know these shows don't happen without our sponsors. And uh, as everybody knows, the Standard Squeeze. I'm a big fan of the Standard Squeeze. I've got one here. Uh, we'll throw over to those boys. The Standard Squeeze helps you pour one standard shot at a time, so you know exactly how much you're drinking without any of the guesswork. No more broken glass bottles with their food-grade quality plastic. Throw your squeeze into the esky, the back of the ute, or into your back pocket. Responsible drinking with convenience. So go on, have a squeeze at thestandardsqueeze.com and use the code MOLTON15 for 15% off at checkout. Standard Squeeze actually ended up 
you know, providing one of these four in ones, if you don't have one, um, you can use it for your coffee in the morning. You can, and it'll keep it hot the whole time. It's kind of like a thermos. You can also then use it for any of your drinks at night. Um, and then you can put your stubby in it. You can put a can in it and it'll keep the can cold or keep your coffee hot for up to four hours. Um, this can of Coke has been sitting in this for like the last two and a half hours, I think from memory, and it's still cold as so. Uh, use the code Molten15. Hop on the website. They've got plenty to offer, really good quality products. So um, get stuck in. Let's talk about Sunday games. Sharks versus the Warriors. What? I mean, I'm stoked about this result, to be honest with you. Uh, not only is it because the Warriors, when the Warriors are winning, the NRL is just winning. You know, when all the sacrifices that the Warriors made throughout last year and the year before through COVID, through those years where they had to basically shack up in Sydney for God knows how, or Brisbane for however long it was uh, for the whole season to continue the season moving forward. It's nice to just see them getting a win. And it's also nice to see Sean Johnson just kind of enjoying his footy again. Kind of feel like he wasn't there for a while. So it's really nice to see him back in New Zealand, back enjoying his footy and back icing conversions uh, or penalties to win them the game. Um, that that post-match press conference was probably one of the best press conferences I've ever seen. Um, I don't know how many times he said bro, but he, he just looked pumped and he looked like he was really enjoying himself. So it's really good to see. Um, and also as a Nico Hines non-owner, 85 is a monster win. For anybody who doesn't have Nico Hines, I was saying a hundred sub a hundred would have been a massive win. So if you didn't have Nico Hines and you were waiting until after the buy, pat yourself on the back because you made the right decision this week by not going with Nico Hines, considering that you're going to have nine of those people that went with him last week. Uh, out of uh, and we spoke about on the countdown show on Thursday the difference between going Ruben Garrick versus Nico Hines. There was a four point difference this weekend in their scores. And there's obviously a lot more to take into consideration when you're looking at Nico Hines versus Garrick because you're going to get Garrick again this week. Yes, he's against the Panthers, but you're going to get some points on the board. Uh, And who knows? Manly might actually come out of the blocks and put Penrith to the sword this weekend. So we don't know what's going to happen. Um, But I'm I'm feeling really good about that decision this week. If you went the week before and you got his 180, you're definitely ahead. So good on you for, for going early, going first round back. Uh, and yeah, James, he was on 75 at halftime and ended up on 80. So 77, I think he was at halftime or 78 and ended up on 85. So he had a seven point second half. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I nearly turned it off after about 20 minutes when he was on bloody 48 or whatever it was. I thought, fuck, I mean, um, there's some big dramas here. Uh, it's going to be one of those weeks where he gets 150 on me again. And I'm basically just going to delete the app. Um, but I didn't have to happy days. Everything's good. We're all good. I'm in a great mood because Nico Hines didn't ruin my weekend. So, um, Teague Wilton got a 56, uh, some other uh, notable performers, I guess, SJ 117, like we said, he's in quality form at the moment. Uh, Will Kennedy with a 90, Nico Hines, 85, Ronaldo Mulatalo with a 77. Bloody hell. Wasn't he chirpy? I think every opportunity he tried to just get stuck into whoever it was, giving him a bit of lip on the wing. And then he dropped two absolute hangers that like two absolute stinkers. So just straight down his throat and he dropped them both. So this is the perfect lesson for someone who shit talks more often than not, like Ronaldo Mulatalo. Probably keep your mouth shut. Otherwise, it's going to come straight back at you just as quick if you're not performing. Jazz Tavanga came in and basically replaced Tohu Harris uh, with a 73. It's probably what you expect from Tohu. So Jazz Tavanga, really good. Uh, Tohu Harris isn't far away, though, so I probably wouldn't be looking at Jazz, considering he probably just drops back to the bench when Tohu's back. And uh, Charles Nickel Klukstar, 71. 
Um, so again, he he's done his job. He's done what he had to do. He looked busy. Um, so you, you wouldn't be upset if you've held chance the whole time. Um, busts Jackson Ford forty two. I'm I actually I'm really really happy. I made some really good decisions this weekend. You can probably tell I'm in a bit better mood than I was last week. Um, I had Jackson Ford in my team, and as soon as Nathan Cleary got his one twenty four, I just decided I was going to go back and, and go instead of bringing Ford in, I just went back to Schuster to free up cash for this week. So I, uh, I'm i pretty happy considering that um, who I brought in, Stefano, ended up with more points than Ford, uh, and I ended up saving about 140K in the bank for this week. So big. Uh, Britton Nakora, 48. Uh, dogs are going apeshit in the background. It's good from them. Britton Nakora with a 48. Uh, I know a few people went to him this week based on previous performances. bit disappointing considering. I mean, he didn't score a try. So that's probably what you're going to expect from Nakora. I know his base has been pretty good this year with a 49 uh, in base over the first four rounds, but he came and regressed back to the mean there for what you expect from Nakora. So a little bit disappointing with 48. Uh, no one else really relevant from a bust perspective in this game. Just a couple of other talking points. If you have Teague Wilton, he got 56 with a try. Are you happy with a 56? Probably. Are you happy with 56 with a try? Probably not. So I'm a Wilton holder at the moment. I think I've got bigger problems in my team. Um, and I do like the fact that he has looked better since uh, Nico Hines has been back and Moylan has looked better since Nico's been back. That whole Sharks lineup, uh, I probably wouldn't be dropping any of them at the moment considering that they're all looking really good. Uh, they put up some good points. And yes, the Warriors played out of their skin today, but I mean, the Sharks still scored 30. So that the points are being scored, things are happening in that side. It's uh, just they're going to take some time to get Nico back into the swing of things. Um, Wade Egan. I think it was about maybe three weeks ago on the pod when I said uh, Wade Egan won't continue to score tries, so he's not an option. I prefer Reed Marnie. And then he just continues to score tries and just proves me wrong. So good old Wade Egan. Just keep scoring meat pies every single week. Thanks for proving me wrong, mate. Um, there will be a time eventually where he stops scoring tries, but I don't know. I probably shouldn't talk about it too much, should I? There's a good chance he just keeps going and makes me look like a dickhead. Um, that's it for the Sharks game. Last game of the weekend. What a game this was. Uh, it's even got 14-14 on the screen because I had to quickly get this done with like five minutes left before I said I was going to go live. So Bulldogs 15 beat the Cowboys 14 in golden point with a Matt Burton field goal. Um, quality from him. Preston's the GOAT, isn't he? Jacob Preston with a double and nearly scored a hat-trick too. He went very close. I think he finished with 111 in the end. Um, so if you're happy with, you'd be stoked with Preston bringing him in. I actually started the season with Jacob Preston, one of my uh, really good decisions that I'm happy with. A lot of people had to trade to get him in. So I started with him right at the last minute. So he'll continue to make some cash for the next couple of weeks as well and probably break into that maybe 600 uh, slot considering is on the left edge now. I think they're really liking him on the left edge. Uh, Griffin Neem got a 76. Hylam Lukey. I'm everybody knows by now I'm a massive Hylam Lukey fan. 75 he finished with. Tom Chester 75. Josh Adokar 71. Matty Burton 76. I think it ended up being. Um, so some really good scores obviously from the Bulldogs there and, and, and the Cowboys. Um, what a game! That was a really good way to wrap up the weekend. Like I said at the start of the uh, like I said at the start of the episode, quality quality football all weekend. Um, 
Reed Marnie was on like 16 points with like 20 minutes to go and he got that try assist to Preston and I've got both of them. So I was jumping around very happy about that. But Reed Marnie, there is no doubt in my mind now that Reed Marnie is my option to go to Hines via Tanner Boyd when in round seven. So I'm just really hoping that Reed Marnie doesn't lose too much cash over the next week before I can get Nico in. Uh, but I'll make sure I have the cash there to make that trade. And then Boyd will just go up to hooker. Um, if you've got Reese Robson, I know uh, my co-host, the Supercoach Matrix, he'd be very happy. Reese Robson with another 71. Um, Franklin Pele, for anybody who had him, is a bit of a plotter in their front row. He, unfortunately, has a broken, I think it's a broken forearm from from what I heard, or a fractured forearm. So he's going to miss some time, um, some extended time. Uh, so that's that's unfortunate for those of you that were holding him. But again, he won't be an AE nightmare anymore. So maybe you just wait for somebody that's relevant to pop up at 200K and you can just go straight across. It's not super important right now. Um, and Val Holmes had another kind of mid, mid performance, didn't he? 59, I think he finished with. 57? Yeah, 57 or 59. Um, oh, I don't know whether I have more bigger problems. It's just the Cowboys just aren't doing it for me anymore. They're just not doing it this year. They've had this dream run and everyone talked at the start of the season about how good the draw would be for the Cowboys and how amazing they're going to be. And they've just been terrible. They've just been awful. I mean, I don't know. I think their record's what, two and two and three or two and four or something like that. So just no good. No no good for the Cowboys. He, honestly, if you go from Val Holmes down to Marju, I would not argue with you in the slightest. I think there probably are bigger problems in most people's squads, but if you don't have any other issues, I don't hate that at all because I, I I think that Val Holmes, yes, he's going to he scored okay, 57, 60 or whatever. Um, but do you? I want upside with a goal kicking center that's an Origin player and that kind of standard. I want more than 60, and I think he's gone between 55 and six or 55 and 70 every single game this year. Um, so he's steady, but I want more. For that price that I paid as well, I paid premium for him, 720K to start the season. So disappointing. Um, but no other relevant super coach talk in this game. All right. My trades. This is how, and this is what I'm thinking. Now, I'll answer questions very soon. If you have any other questions, guys, before we wrap up in the next five minutes or so, drop them in and I'll answer them before we wrap up. But my, my trade thoughts, currently I have 142000 in the bank. So that was luckily from me going from Schuster, uh, sorry, going from Jackson Ford to Schuster to free up that cash, knowing that I was just going to take the VC loop anyway. So Ford was going to be the person I dropped. So my thoughts are Reed Marnie is my ticket to Nico, like I mentioned. So that, that's pretty much locked in. I need about 300K roughly, as long as Reed Marnie doesn't drop significant cash in the next two weeks. Um, I'll do that via Tanner Boyd as a jewel. So Tanner will go up to hooker and I'll get Nico in as, as my second half or my first half back with, with Nathan Cleary. Now, my targets over the next two rounds are Zach Hosking, Dylan Brown, Greg Marju, and obviously Nico. Now, I'm not going to be able to get all four of them. There's probably a chance I can get three, maybe, as a stretch. Um, I may need to boost to get three. I don't know how I feel about burning three boosts in the first six rounds, but, I mean, look, if it makes my team look better and it carries me through into the buyers, I'll be I'll be pretty happy. So um, out of those four, my options, I mean, I think what I've got at the moment is I've got Christian Welch, who I'm thinking about downgrading, or Stefano. If they use Stefano off the bench, and he, he only got 39 minutes on the weekend, so... If that continues, Stefano down to a bottom dollar front row forward might be the option. 
at the moment, the only guys that really scream out to me are Ben Murdoch, Masilla, and Isaac Farsul Maliawi. I'm, I'm really not sure on any other front row forward at the moment in that sub 250k price uh, price bracket. So Sean Kepi has been okay. He's been a bit of a plotter, but he's getting 45 minutes off the bench for Manly at the moment, but he's at 320k, I think. So I'm not really going to make enough money to justify that trade. So if I do that and I free up a little bit of cash, let's say, for instance, I go Stefano down to Ben murdoch Masilla. That'll probably free up about maybe 170, 180K. So that'll leave me with about 300 to 320K in the bank. So then I've got to, I've, essentially next week, I could go Dory up to Hosking, which I really like, uh, which is another reason why I didn't go to Jackson Ford. I didn't go to Jackson Ford because keeping Jackson Ford there, as much as he is a decent option, I think Jackson Ford would then fill a spot in the 2RF that would not allow me to get Hosking. So I needed to make a decision on whether I go, yep, Schuster, uh, and then I could get Hosking, or whether I go Jackson Ford and hold him there and just accept the fact I probably won't be able to get Hosking. So uh, Hosking could come in uh, via Dory to Hosking. That's about 150K that'll cost me. Option two, I could go Dewey up to Dylan Brown, which will cost me about 210K roughly. Option three, I could go Holmes down to Marju. And then option four, I could go Hopgood to Hosking. So, I mean, if I could go option three and option four, I actually free up 140K. Maybe that's the play. Um, my, my team definitely wouldn't be as strong. And I am concerned about Dory and Dewey. But I mean, Holmes isn't really doing it for me at the moment. Marju will make some good money. Um, and Hopgood. I'm a bit concerned about Hopgood's minutes when Sean Lane's back in the team and when Ryan Madison will be the starting edge and then he'll shuffle into the middle like we saw last week. So um, those are the four options I'm looking at. Dory, Dewey, Holmes, or Hopgood, do they come out? And then Hosking, Brown, Marju um, are the guys that will come in next week potentially. I've got to try and decide. Obviously, I'll talk to everybody about that on the on my thoughts on the Tuesday team list pod and then the Thursday countdown. So keep an eye out on that. Make sure you keep an eye out on my on my Twitter as well because um, I talk a fair bit on there about what my thoughts are around the week and things like that too. So um, a fair bit going on for Old Sheens' revival. And uh, I, I feel like 13-10, I'll, I'll be able to see some green arrows this week considering I faded Nico. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, so hopefully we see some green arrows and I can move up maybe past that top 20K um, and start making some moves over the next few weeks as I get my squad together. I am happy with my squad as opposed from maybe a couple of guys that are not really doing it for me. Uh, All right, let's knock over these questions. Um, Yeah, so Raymond Crane spot on. If you do have Pele, it's just one less issue for automatic emergency. So he can just sit there now until a good option pops up, until a guy that's 200, 250K comes up and you can go sideways to him for a bit of cash gen. So I wouldn't be panicking if you have Pele. Um, it's probably a good thing, if anything. Uh, Hamo, you went homes to Garrick two weeks ago. Uh, is it worth downgrading Stefano and playing Kepi? Uh, you know what? Kepi's been okay. He's getting 45 minutes off the bench. I mean, he doesn't, he's not, I wouldn't call him an impact player. He doesn't have a high PPM but it looks like he's pretty much guaranteed at least half the game off the bench. So, I mean, look, if you want 30 to 45 points, you're probably going to get that from Stefano anyway. So if that allows you to free up the 130K or 120K or whatever, and then it allows you to turn a, you know, kind of mid kind of guy like a Matty Dory into a Hosking or something like that, then I'm all for that. You've got to look at what it's going to turn your team into or what the upgrade's going to do for you, how much better your team's going to look if you upgrade. Um, I mean, 
playing Kepi as a starting front row forward is a little bit icy. It's you're very, very weak up front row if you're playing Kepi as your starting front row forward. But uh, again, it's one of those positions you need to decide, do I want to fade this position completely? You probably have one decent guy in there. Um, so I don't hate that. Don't hate that option as well. Guys, that pretty much wraps us up. Um, thanks for sticking with me for the hour. Obviously, there's plenty to talk about. For those of you that um, went with Nico last week, great. If you went with Nico last this week, commiserations. Um, obviously, as we move forward into the season, we're coming up to round six now, so the cream will start to rise to the top. I think over the next few rounds leading into origin, we'll talk a lot about origin prep and what that looks like when Maddie's back as well. So, cause you've got to start thinking about those things from round eight or nine. So we'll put together some pretty extensive research into um, how you can set your team up so that you can survive that origin period from pretty much round 12 through to round 20, um, which will be very important if you want to climb those rankings at the end of the season. Um, guys, if you haven't yet, please hit subscribe, hit like hit follow, Leave us a review if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple and tell a mate about the pod or leave us a review. Um, if you like the content, we'll be coming to you again in a couple of days on Tuesday night to, to give you all things team lists for round six. Otherwise, guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy, and uh, we will see you in a couple of days. Catch you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 